Welcome to the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks. Up until about five years ago, I was your average mom of three. It was after the sudden loss of my father that my life changed forever and the rising within me began. Since then, I've embraced my gifts and have stepped into my role as an evidential psychic medium, past life reader, higher self mentor, holy fire Reiki practitioner, and published author. In this podcast, we will talk all things spiritual and healing through a very grounded and relatable approach. I hope you'll continue to join me each week, remembering who you always were as we rise together. Hey, risers. It's me, your host, Amy Brooks, and I can't stop smiling. So if you're looking at me on YouTube, you can see I'm very smiley. I just did something that was really special. Um, and a highlight in my professional career. Absolutely. Um, You can probably hear the joy in my voice if you're listening to me on a podcast platform, audio right now. You know how we all have someone that we look up to, someone who we feel inspired by, or we aspire to be more like in some way. A mentor, so to speak. Somebody that shows up in our lives and we're like, ah, this person, you know, there's something about them and I'm really inspired by them. And I would love to be more of that. I want to be just like that. Well, our guest today is one of those people for me when it comes to my work as a psychic medium. This person inspires me. Um, I am motivated by their success. Um, I aspire to be more like them each and every day in my own career as a psychic medium. The ethics, the morals, the personal responsibility to share wisdom, to teach and mentor and come from, you know, a really aligned place to leave people in a better place than you found them, to leave them feeling motivated, to leave them feeling hopeful and inspired. Our guest today has been that person for me. And so that person is none other than the indigenous Sean Lennock. Yes, I did that. (laughs) That happened. I was able to, I was going to say able to convince, but he didn't take much convincing. He was so open and so lovely. And I just kind of, we had had conversations before um, on social media, on Instagram. We had had a few conversations over the last few years and I had shared with him some of like the similarities and synchronicities that we have together. And, uh, you know, I just reached out one day and I said, Hey, did you ever think about coming on the Intuitive Rising podcast? And he's like, sure. When would you like to do that? And I was like, pardon me? Really? It was that easy. It's something that I have been working up the nerve to do for so very long. And, you know, it just all worked out in divine timing when it was meant to happen. I didn't um, spend too much time introducing Sean in great detail about like what he does or who he is on our uh, interview on in this conversation. So I'm going to do so now. For those of you who are not familiar with Sean Leonard, Sean Leonard is an international psychic medium. He works with people all over the world. He is a heart-centered indigenous spirit talker. He is Mi'kmaq. 
as am I. We have the same um, indigenous roots from the same place in the same province. It's really, really cool. Um, he presently lives in Millbrook First Nation, which is in Nova Scotia, Canada, my home province, as many of you will know. And he's been working as a professional psychic medium for over 20 years. So this guy has seen a lot, heard a lot, experienced a lot, and has so much wisdom to share with us. He is very humble and grounded and authentic and compassionate and the kindness just oozes out of him and this is what he's known for uh in his work you know as a really grounded down-to-earth kind humble authentic psychic medium and um this is what has you know really added to his reputation as this really authentic psychic medium and someone who has been very, very successful in their field. Um, he has, you know, takes them on the road. He travels worldwide to live events and he does shows. He does radio and TV appearances. He has a school, an online school called Spirit Talker Tribe. And he does talk about it in this, this um, conversation and tells us when the next dates for that are coming up. They're just coming up in the fall. And, um, you know, talks a little bit about his passion for teaching and being a mentor when it comes to um, spiritual concepts and topics and ideas and, um, you know, how he incorporates um, his Indigenous culture and, and, and um, teachings from his background as well. Um, he also has a TV show called Spirit Talker, and this is on... Aboriginal People's TV Network in Canada. I believe there's a way to watch it if you are not in Canada as well. Um, and I'll see if I can find out how to do that and link it in the show notes. But he does have like social media. You can follow him on all platforms. He has a YouTube page. So I feel like there are some trailers from the seasons of his show, Spirit Talkers that you could watch and kind of get a feel for Sean yourself. He's somebody that you really like have to um, see. You, you have to see it. You have to feel his energy. Today, it, what a gift. What a gift um, that Sean gives us today. I didn't really have too many plans. You know how I am. I'm kind of just like, I'm not going to over prepare. I'm not going to get too stressed out. Not going to read off a script. That's not what we do here on the Intuitive Rising podcast. We just come from our heart. We speak from our heart and we trust that whatever needs to be said, or heard, or learned, will come through. And so Sean works that way too, and was very good with the flow, and the conversation just flowed. I didn't even really have to ask too many questions. He is a very seasoned communicator. He also shares a little bit about that, and how he got out of, you know, being fearful about public speaking, and how that's evolved, and how he's become this amazing, amazing communicator. Um, so yeah, without further ado, here is Sean Leonard. Enjoy, everyone. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Intuitive Rising podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks, and I am just over the moon today. So excited to introduce you to none other than the Indigenous medium, Sean Leonard. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sean. Well, thank you for having me. All the way from my home province of Nova Scotia, which is also your home province. And so that's yeah, right where you now are I'm right in Nova now. Scotia. <laughs> Amazing. So are you a bit yeah. transient? Like you have your home base there, but you kind of, well, I'm you, you tour. You're all over the place. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I first kind of wanted to talk about how I first kind of 
knew about you or connected with you. I mean, you've been on my radar. I've certainly known about you from your TV show that's on uh, APTN, Spirit yeah. Talker, and I've watched that over the years. But I think it was last fall, I was actually recovering from surgery, and I was binge listening to the uh, podcast that uh, Colette Baron-Reed has called Into the Wooniverse. And yeah. I was listening to your episode that you were on. And it was the first episode that I'd heard with you where you really delved into your background, which... I loved, by the way, because I love to hear about people's backgrounds, but I was kind of astounded by some of the similarities we had. So I knew that you were a Mi'kmaq, and so my listeners also know that I am. This is part of my culture and heritage as well. Uh, but I was astounded to find out we're from the same band, mm -hmm. right, and have those connections. And um, another similarity that I absolutely love to learn about is that your mediumship kind of abilities, I don't know if you would, it would be fair to say your it kind of came about or the passing of your father was a bit of a catalyst for that in some way, or it's really when it became apparent for you. Is that fair to say? Uh, yes. I mean, I think my whole life has been a, a constant unfoldment of this understanding Same. of uh, spirit and spirit world. But yes. uh, I mean, I never um, had really been profoundly affected by the loss of somebody until my father, for sure. Yeah. Same. I, I feel as well, like I'm able to look back in hindsight and see I was always connected to spirit. And there's certainly many, many instances um, where I can see that I was, you know, tapping into spirit or being visited by spirit. But it was the loss of my own dad. That really was the thing that went, oh, OK, so this is what's happening. It was the awareness that I, too, was a medium mm -hmm. and that I could, um, you know, initiate contact. That was really the p turning point for me. So he came through to me in a visitation. Um, he wasn't even past yet. He was on life support. Oh, wow. and yeah so I thought that was an interesting similarity you know I sometimes people step into their mediumship because something like that happens um, sometimes you know it just randomly comes about but do you feel like people can um, learn how to do this even if you're kind of not naturally feeling like you've always been connected to spirit as we may have been well I think everybody can learn to be more psychic more aware more connected yes. uh, do I feel like everybody should be a professional psychic medium no no Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like that everybody is connected to different degrees and, and, yes. and that would all depend on whether or not how much passion you have for the subject and uh, actual working with your abilities. It's like pretty much any uh, ability or skill that a lot of people can hone. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't really enjoy it or if it doesn't bring you joy and if it's mm -hmm. not something that really speaks to you, then you probably wouldn't be as motivated to to explore it or go deeper. And uh, I find people who are good mediums uh, that are that are out there in the world serving people, they have a genuine desire and you know there's something inside them that says you know i want to be more connected i want to mm -hmm. i want to have more connection to my own people but i also want to serve people with this mm -hmm. connection and uh so i feel like that that is a big part of you know the the degree of level of how how strong i feel like that ability would come to you know certain people absolutely i agree with that as well i kind of liken it sometimes to singing like we all have a singing voice we all can sing but well, some of us you know i we'll would take have to it. disagree about the singing <laughs> <laughs> well, we all do have a voice you could sing in the shower i'm sure yeah. but like whether how good that is or how naturally skilled you are or how right. much effort you put into it yeah you know, i don't know yeah. i'd have to work really hard at singing <laughs> i i agree it's not my natural forte it's funny you know if i wasn't doing this work i would love to be a singer 
maybe in my next life. Um, but I definitely feel that for you. And I have people, I have clients come to me or, you know, students and ask like, well, you know, I, I was always taught that this was something that you had to be born with. I feel like, I don't know, there's a level of maybe it feeling very natural to you. Well, um, we're all born with it. We're all born with it. That's right. Yeah, so yes. so when people say, I think this is something you have to be born with. Well, you all are. Yes. But we forget. That's or right. We or we're not taught to remember, or there's nothing that happens for, for us to kind of trigger this like deeper understanding again. And right. um, I mean, it would, at certain places in life, like like the loss of my father, or you know, in the situation in your own life with your own mm -hmm. father, that you know, there there's times that are meant to trigger us into, um, you know, remembering again. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And that's when I use the word catalyst for me, um, you know, that I feel like that that situation with my dad and losing my dad the way that I did was that thing that helped me remember um, right. what was always there and put the pieces together. So um, I also found it interesting. So you've taught, I've heard you talk on a few podcasts, but one thing you mentioned was that you kind of were taught by spirit, right? So have you ever taken any sort of mentorship course or you really just kind of allowed this to unfold as it I let spirit teach me, to be yes. honest. Like it's, um, I've, I've read, I've watched other mediums. I've learned from other mediums, like watching yes. people out there in the world, how they work with information. Yes. But until you actually start to work with the information yourself, um, and I think that's the real teacher is like, yes. you know, how, how, you know, what is your psychic strength first? Like, you know, some people, um, a lot of people see like they're very good at seeing things and yeah. having images be impressed upon their mind. Some mm -hmm. people are very clairsentient. Many women are very clairsentient mm -hmm. and clairvoyant. Um, but in some, some are very clear on it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, very more rare. I think the clear on part, mm -hmm. but um, you know, it depends on which abilities that are your, your, your strength and then, and then working with those and then developing the ones that you feel like you're a little bit weaker in. And, uh, and, and as you develop and grow and trust, uh, spirit's going to be your greatest teacher because I wish I could say that there's a, and I mean, there's not a, like a, a vocabulary that is set in stone for, for all mediums or spirit talkers mm -hmm. or whatever, what have you. It's, 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 we ha we all have our own vocabulary of sorts that we develop and grow. And yes. sometimes often spirit, when communicating a message will use a, a memory that you have that I don't have. That means something to you. So they may show you something that says, Hey, I know what this means, you know? And then when you relay that, that experience to that person, they're like, Oh my God, I'm going through this right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, so spirit can use uh, many times um, your own thoughts, memories, experiences mm -hmm. through life to communicate a message to someone else as well. But uh, I say really it's about development of your your skills, understanding your skills and strengths and, and working with them and, and understanding how to develop them. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding in, in relation to how to develop like clairvoyance or clairaudience or, or how to be more perceptive with your clairsentient abilities. And, uh, and, it, and, and, you know, when spirit does communicate, it's not like it, you know, even though you may have a strength, which could be mm -hmm. clairvoyance, uh, where you actually have impressions that you see where you become mindful in your mind and, and you have pictures of things that come in. Mm -hmm. But it, it's the subtlety of what comes into your mind mm -hmm. visually, but then also learning how, you know, what what does the vibe contain in this picture? You know, why when they showed me this story or this image, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. um, uh, for instance, I'll give you an example. Thank you. Um, I just did an event in St. John's, Newfoundland, not that mm -hmm. long ago. And I had a lady there that I connected to her father um, and, you know, her father's coming through and he, he validated his name and a few other things. Then he showed me something that seemed significant. 
-hmm. uh, and because a lot of people don't know that your loved ones see you. And he showed me, and, and I, he was very specific, he showed me an old boot, which could mean so many different things. Right. But then I was like, okay, and, but he only showed me one. And, and this is where you have to kind of trust and step into it. And yeah. you're not sure. I'm not sure because I'm literally the middle person, the medium. Yeah. And I'm not sure where this is headed, but I know it's going somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the first part of mediumship or spirit communication is trust. It's trust. Uh, and when you step into this unknown space with trust, then it, it's like they leave you little breadcrumbs to get to the place that you need to be. So as I saw this boot... It was only one. I said, so you must have one of your old father's boots because he's like emphasizing one boot, but not two boots. And she's like, nope. I'm like, okay, this is really strange. I said, there must mean something because I don't know what this means yet. Then she mm -hmm. took it out to the, the, her father in my brain, showed me outside in a garden and filled it full of dirt and then put a plant in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, you must have a boot. And I, I said, it looks like it has holes in it. So the water can run out even. And, um, and this is where I know this means something, but it's specific to this person, right? This right. is where meaningship, the validation of things that come through are specific to people when you're connecting to their loved ones in the spirit world yes. and they're communicating to you. Uh, so I, when I said that, she started to cry and she goes, oh my God, on Father's Day, I put an old boot. It wasn't my father's boot out in the garden on Father's Day and I put a plant in it and there's holes all in the boot and I put a dog in it because my dad loved dogs and I knew my dad would love this. So why would her father then choose that image? Because one, I mean, that experience that she had with her father that day, remembering him, planning mm -hmm. the plan, putting the dog specifically on Father's Day for her father, you know, is important to say that her dad was part of it. That's that right. he saw that. And, and, and he's looking for a unique way to validate. Now, she, nobody knows this story except her. And this is not like public road in the world in any way. It's just her. Yes. And she actually happened to take a picture on her phone and she came up after the event and showed me the boot. And it was like wow. exactly what I saw. Yeah. And, um, and, and, but why would a loved one want to bring your attention to that? I mean, one, they already said, you know, who he was, how he died, mm -hmm. some messages, but then he shows me the old boot. One, our loved ones are with us yes. and they're looking for unique ways to say, Hey, I'm with you. I'm around you. I love mm -hmm. you. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something that no one could know That's to right. prove to you that I'm with you. Yes. So that visual, that clairvoyant image that comes into my mind is what he used. But when I saw it, I, I it was like when you see an image, you feel it too. It's like yes. you, you, there's a there's depth to everything. It's not just a picture that flashes in your mind. You, you see it, but you feel it. And I feel the significance and connection to the dad. And That's the right. day that it was important that she put it there. I didn't know it was Father's Day, but I just said it must have been a very special day. You did this for him because... And she says it was Father's Day just passed. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of your loved ones and you're doing something in their memory or honor that they become aware that you're doing it, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're seeing you doing that. Uh, and then by showing me that, Hey, I saw this, Yes, you know, means so much to the person that's Absolutely. receiving that message. Those are and, the messages. Uh, and that's how things kind of like mediumship is unfolds it, it, you know yeah. it's it's stepping in it, there's certain things that are coming through whether who they are who they're with who they're around how they may have passed these are validating things that are great but it's better that you know that they're with you and they look for those unique things to to prove that 
agree. Or if they know that you're struggling with a loss in a particular way, like, mm -hmm. you know, they weren't able to be there when her dad passed away, you know, mm -hmm. or, or your dad was in a coma and you know that you, you stepped out for a minute and then you made his journey and you weren't there at the moment that he passed or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they, they look for ways to say, Hey, you know, it's okay. I waited for you to leave because mm -hmm. it was easier for me to let go when you weren't mm -hmm. standing right there. Yes. You know, thank you for kissing me and saying goodbye. And I, and I was there for that part of it, mm -hmm. but I also needed for you to move away so that I could step out of my, my physical form and move in the spirit body. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes people need to hear those messages. Yes. And, uh, and that's where, you know, cause people hang on to all kinds of different things about surrounding the loss of a person that they love. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's not always, it's not happy, joyful memories that you're going through when you're, when you're losing somebody in the physical form for a long time. It's, it's, you know, it, so coming to a spirit talker, a medium like yourself, Amy, mm -hmm. that, you know, people are looking for one validation mm -hmm. and then sometimes a healing message that can come through to help them move out of a space where they were stuck energetically in their grief I so agree. that they can live a more connected life with their, their family member or their friend. Uh, but also to continue that relationship, help them understand what that looks like. Yes. And it's yes. very much like doing things that you love, speaking to them still. It could be planting the flower out in the garden in the boot that, you know, your mm -hmm. dad would love on Father's Day. Mm -hmm. um, but it's honoring them where they are and loving them where they are. Yes. And uh, yeah. that, that's the, the boiled, you know, mediumship down in, in, yeah. in, 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 in that. I would say that's kind of what that's like and how it all yeah. unfolds. I agree. Yeah. And I, I've always, you know, thought it's not, I used to struggle sometimes when those kind of random things come in and I'm like, well, what is this, right? Like you don't have any context at first. You just get this random boot. Or for la last night I did a session actually, and it was a cookie jar, right? But I don't know what the cookie jar is all about. I just see the cookie jar. And it happens to be so, so, so significant because that person literally just, you know, took the cookie jar down and was give it was their grandmother's and they were giving it to another family member. Um, and it had just happened like within right. a, a day or so. So I, I, I think those are really important. And I always remind myself, it's not my job to make sense of the information, right? It's just my job to share it. So just just stay cookie job because I used to sometimes in the early days almost want to filter things that didn't come in with immediate like context or understanding for me because I'd think oh well this isn't going to make sense I'm not going to say it but it's always those things that I'm so you're right leaning in and trusting so I just began to trust and say cookie jar and then you'd see the person's face right like right. It's, you never know what's going to be that thing you could give somebody like a million and one pieces of evidence that their father is here and then you say cookie jar and it's like oh my god like that's the thing you never right. know what it's gonna be so yeah maybe. and I've been with people I mean I, and that triggers a memory for me particularly that um I remember when I did a session for somebody way back when, and it was this, this young lady had come to talk to her grandma. Yeah. Um, so I made a connection to her grandma, and a lot of things came out. And then um, one of the things she kept showing me was a, 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 like a, a, a tea saucer, you know, like mm -hmm. a, uh, that you put a teacup on. Yeah. But on the saucer was like two or three cookies. And I said, this is so strange. She keeps repeating this. And she's like, hey, like do you know why I should be putting cookies on a plate? She's like, nope. I'm like, that is so weird. Just remember it. And then about three minutes later, you mm -hmm. see this light go off in her hand. She goes, oh my God, yeah. how could I not remember this? <laughs> she said, I asked my grandma before coming to see you that she tell me her nickname and not just the, her name or other things. Mm -hmm. And my grandma's nickname was Cookie. Cookie. I, everybody called her Cookie. Mm -hmm. And you said it. And she yeah. just bawled. 
Yeah. I'm like, I didn't even know what was happening. Right. Like, we don't always know what, like, what it is. I yeah. don't know. Like, cookies on it. They're like, why, why, why do I have to emphasize the cookies? She's emphasizing the cookies. Yeah. And she's like, she just, because she came in and she was so caught up in the moment. Yeah. She, she, she lost track of what she had asked her grandmom about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and her grandmom validated that way. And, and again, sometimes spirit, even though it's a name, you know, they can use something visually, like clairvoyantly, That's right. yes, to get a message across that is meant to be spoken. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not the, the the image, but it's what you're going to get from the image, what you're going to say How from that. Put it together. That means to that person, and That's that right. happens uh, happens often. That I happens. remember another time. I was actually on Hey House Radio way back in the day. I don't know how many years ago, probably four or five years ago, okay. uh, with John Holland. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, another great medium and, and, and uh, a friend and mentor. So I was on uh, his show and I only ever did one show with him before he hosts had changed their, their format and such. But uh, so I was a guest on a show and he had people calling in, you know, for to do sessions. And I found it very difficult because I had earbuds on, um, you know, trying to hear. And then it was like, I couldn't even hear them. I had to hear them through another connection. And it was yeah. like, I could barely make out who they are. And I was like, what, what did you say your name was again? I'm like, <laughs> Jen? Oh, okay, okay, Jen. And then I was like, I, I couldn't really even make out the person what they were saying. And uh, so anyway, this this lady comes through. And and, and because of the short time on, on Heos Radio that we were fil er, recording, I, I asked people to tell me, okay, listen, we have a very limited time. If there's somebody you want to particularly talk to, don't tell me anything about them. Just say, is there a message from my dad? Is there a message from my mom? So that I could focus my energy in that direction. Mm -hmm. And so she came on and said, well, I really want to talk to my dad. I'm like, okay. So Jen, and, and I'm just assuming her name's Jen because I don't really remember. Yeah. But, and, and I, there's some things come through um, that she, she understood. And there was a couple mm -hmm. things she didn't understand. And then her dad shows me something, a dog. I'm like, okay, you must have it. Because I'm thinking, the, you know, I'm thinking literally. A dog. Like, and spirit is not always literal. They're figurative. That's right. And uh, so he shows me this little brown terrier dog. And I'm like, oh, my God, you must have, your dad must have been a big dog lover. He has a dog with him in the spirit world. And he's like, my dad hated dogs. I'm like, that's so weird. Why would he keep showing me this dog? And uh, I said, well, I have to follow this through because I know he's taken me here for a reason. So uh, this little brown terrier reminds me of a TV show when I was a young person, and the TV show was called Benji. Right. And she goes, oh, my God, my, dad, my dad's nickname is Benji. Yes. I'm yes. like, what? <laughs> she goes, yeah, my dad's name is Benjamin. Everybody calls him Benji. I'm like, I didn't even see that coming. I'm like, I literally thought he was talking about a dog. But this is where when spirit communicates things to you, it could be literal, could yeah. be figurative, but it's yeah. more of stepping into that, that, that zone of trust and working with what's given. And that's uh, that's yeah. how predominantly how mediumship works. And certain things I do know without a doubt. I'm like, okay, I absolutely know this means this. Yeah. But sometimes I'm confused as the, the sitter that's sitting in front yeah. of me. But when you follow it through, it unfolds. Yeah. And, and it makes so much sense to the person. Yeah. Rather than saying the name, because maybe some spirits have a, a stronger ability to communicate audibly. Right. Uh, as a, and then some spirits have a stronger sense of communicating visually. Right. So he was a better visual communicator. Right. So he was working with what he was able to communicate to me with his, with his ability to be able to get me to say this, that, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was done all in live 
radio and it was just like really cool how because really cool. I mean the audience are the people who are listening in or uh, or hearing this experience take place you know they're part of that experience yeah and they can see how mediumship can unfold that's right and, and it's not me or you or everyone knows everything we don't that's a no. fallacy yeah no medium spirit talker or psychic just walks around and knows everything and, and you know mm. and, and there's people out there that I drive me crazy sometimes they just think okay well what am i thinking about i know even if i could find out i don't think i'd want to know or like tell me the lotto numbers i'm like if i knew them i wouldn't be here recently (laughs) i I, I went and played poker uh a poker game down in las vegas not that long ago and i did really well and because uh, I love playing poker, it's fun for me. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's it's there's a part of reading people that I'm really good at. Yeah. So not necessarily knowing the cards, but just their vibe. Yeah. They're they're lying. They're telling the truth. Yes. You know, you get a sense of things. And uh, so anyway, I, I I I played in this event, and this guy goes, he found out who I was. Yeah. He goes, okay, I'm thinking of a number. <laughs> what is it? I'm like, I don't freaking know. Fourteen. Because right. how the freak do you know that? <laughs> Like I just, I don't know, 14 just popped in my head. It just popped in your head, And yeah. then he told me like an hour-long story about what why 14 was important to him. And it was like, I think I, he would just look at me weird for the rest of the day. But Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I didn't, I mean, I get, I, you know, it could have been any number, but for whatever right. reason, it was 14. And yeah. um, I mean, sometimes things like that may come to a medium or psychic, but it's not, I know without a doubt. It's yeah. just, it just pops into my brain. It's like all of a sudden I see 14. I'm like, okay, well, 14 is important. And yeah. I, I just threw it out there, whether not caring whether or not I was right or wrong. And it just happened to be right. It just happened to be right. Yeah. Because yeah. we're receiving the information, right? We're not actually like digging for it. I think, no. yeah. The moment I start to feel like I need to dig for something is the moment I, I know that I've I've stepped too far in my own my own ego brain and I need to get back in. I'm just receiving. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's a big challenge for people that are interested in mediumship or trying, you know, to to work with their skills of that that balance, the discernment between like my thoughts versus spirit's thoughts. Is there a way that you can? Because um, you speak so eloquently and you speak so, you know, I feel like you are gifted in communication in the sense that you can well, make I'm something. Well, I'm a Gemini. Are you? I have a yeah. Gemini midheaven. So I found that that's significant because that means that yeah. my career is focused in communication. But you are a Gemini. Amazing. I'm a Gemini. Born in June 4th. I mean, Geminis, especially men, more, yeah. more so than women sometimes, I think are, are great communicators, great educators, teachers, talkers. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it's an accident. I mean, if I was to pick a life that I mean I feel like we all have a life purpose too I I feel like I'm fulfilling this purpose as the person that I am uh so you know imagine we're all up in the spirit world thinking okay well if I was going to do this and be this and all this was going to unfold in life in this way you know when would be the perfect time for me to come in to be born yeah well June sometime June 4th perfect I'll come in then uh, I'll I'll be in alignment with all those Gemini traits and uh and uh, so I think that has a little bit to do with it but I'm going to tell you Way back, way back, I wasn't always as good of a speaker, talker, teacher, uh, communicator. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a gift, too, that you can kind of like unfold and develop and grow yeah. it. Um, I remember the first time I spoke in public. And it was way back when I, I, I then um, I was thinking about being a minister in training with the Silver Brown organization, Nova Spiritus. I was already working as a psychic medium like 20 right. some years ago. And uh, so... 
uh, I got to be a minister in training for a very short time and then realized it was not my calling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there was an aspect of something that I was meant to get from the experience. Yes. It put me in front of people, not to do sessions, but it put me in front of people that I had uh, every like month or every other month, I had to do a talk on a subject. Right. Whether it be spirit guides or angels or, you know, what, or, or the other side or, or whatever it was. And I, re, I, even though it was a passion that I have, mm -hmm. when I get up in front of people, I had my whole speech written out in front of me. And, you know, I was like a robot reading from my paper. Yeah. And I actually stuttered. I paused. I struggled. I struggled. It was painful to watch me talk. I know it was. And then at some point, about you know, ten minutes in, and I was just like, I, 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 I was stuttering, and I was so mm -hmm. fear struck of being in front of people. Yeah, that voice in my head said to me, Sean, don't read from your paper. Mm -hmm. Talk from your heart about this subject. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I flipped the paper over. I'm like. I'm going to try a different approach, everyone. I know that you're going to like this because it's going to, it's going to be better than that. I'm pulling you all with this other talk I'm doing. So let me just let me just start speaking from my heart and yeah. and and what I know about this and and I just started to speak and everybody got up and clapped at the end. I think maybe they were just happy it was finished, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a moment. Yep. That shifted the way I approach things in, in, in the way I, I, I stand up and, and approach people in a live setting. And I've never done it any different since. I, I have points of things I want to talk about. Like, let's say I want to okay. talk about this story, that story, that story, yes. whatever. And I, I know at some point I want to get there. Yeah. But I don't have an agenda. I just say, I just, you know, I like to talk about this, this, and this. And, yeah. and then I just go. Let I, it go. Let it I just flow. Go and then, and yeah. then it's like, okay. And then if I don't remember, I find my guides were going, uh, excuse me, Sean, didn't, weren't Remember? you supposed to talk about that story? I'm like, oh yeah, thanks. Yes. And then I talk yeah. and it's like all of a sudden they're like tapping me in my mental psychic brain. Like, hey, Sean, you're supposed to talk about this. And mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh yeah, I got to tell you about this story. Thanks for the mm -hmm. reminder. And then mm -hmm. I just, and then I just tell yeah. the story. But uh, much greater storyteller, speaker than, you know, speech uh, reader. <laughs> you know, this is beautiful because it, it really reminds me of the, the brief conversation that we had before I hit record today, which was, you know, I've, I've got some stuff on paper, but I'm not the kind of interviewer that's going to like read off my paper. I'm just right. going to kind of like let it flow. And that's actually why I started this podcast is I, like you, felt um, you know, at the beginning, kind of fearful of speaking to people or even that my message mattered or am I too long winded or do I say too much? Are people going to get this? And the minute I just kind of let it happen from a heart led space, the the better it is. So I, I don't do a whole lot of that prep work stuff. I just show up. And I, that's also gone into my work too. Like before a session, I used to have some rituals that I used to do to kind of get myself in the headspace. But I feel like I've just moved into a place where I feel confident that I can just kind of sit down and I'm, and I'm ready. Do, do you find that too with your work? Like, did you find before you used to have to do certain things to feel like you were plugged in? No, no, uh, well, I, I do. I do sometimes. I mean, yes. if I was to meet a client, yes. I would be very intentional about how I approach that meeting. Yes. Um, for instance, um, you know, I don't do too many personal uh, readings anymore, but right. uh, I did 
do a group session last year in Halifax at the Casino Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. uh, there was like 600 people there for it. Wow. And I read a lady in the audience who had lost her son, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he died in a, in a car accident, um, which was very tragic. And he had donated, or they had donated his organs to uh, help other children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, really cool message came out uh, during the session. Um, one, I, I asked her, I said, cause he kept showing me a, a new baby mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and she didn't look or appear to be pregnant. And I said, this is so weird, but are, are you pregnant now? She's like, no. I'm like, are you sure you're not pregnant? She's like, no, I'm not pregnant, but my surrogate mom that's here with me. Is. Ah. I'm like, wow. it's a, and then I said it was a girl and I said, uh, you know, well then he wants me to validate his sister that is going to be coming into the world. And I said, you know the sex, right? I asked her if she knew the sex, where she said she didn't. I said, so yeah. it's okay for me to say. Yeah. And uh, and it was. And uh, and then one another really cool thing that came through at the event. I said that your son tells me that, you know, that his organs were donated to help other other children. Yeah. And and she said there were. And then I felt my liver. I felt it. I could feel it on my body. So this is another form of communication, like uh, clairsentience. It's not just a sensory thing. It's a physical thing. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can feel. You could go deaf, blind. You may feel like you had an impact. Yeah. You may feel like your finger's missing or whatever. But I started to feel my liver. And I said, this is so strange, but your son wants to tell me. I said, do you know who has any of his organs? And she goes, no. I am pretty sure your son is telling me you're going to find out who received your son's liver and he says it's going to be pretty quick. And she goes, well, I, I don't know how I'd find out. Someone in the audience stands up and goes, I know who has your son's liver. What? I'm like, what Oh, my goodness. Hell? And it happened, like, instantaneously. She goes, yeah. I know the mom whose uh, son in Ontario received your son's liver. I can't believe he's bringing it up. And, uh, and, and nobody there. knows. Nobody knows this. Yeah. But I can, I can tell you that it saved uh, my friend's son's life. And she's crying. I'm crying. It's like profound. Wow. So after the session, I said, you know, after she came up, because I, everyone that I do readings for in the audience, I say, you know, come up after. I'd like to meet you, get a picture. Yeah. And, um, and so she comes up and, and, and I asked her, because she was there with her surrogate mom. Mm -hmm. I said, so, what, you know, your, your husband didn't come with you. And she goes, no, he's not ready for anything like this. And I said, you know what, when he is ready, and, and I don't do this very often because I'm so busy, you know, yeah. if he's open to it, because I, I don't want anybody coming that is not open or available or That's right. open to the process. Uh, but if he wants to utilize this form of healing, I'll, I'll provide a, a session for you. And she said, well, I'll go home and talk to him. And it was about a year that had gone by and she messaged me and she said, yeah, you know, Sean, my, my husband says he's ready now. So we, we, had, we had done a session. But so how I, I would approach it um, to get to the message was, yeah. uh, one, uh, before anybody arrives, I make sure that I smudge. I clear okay. my own aura, my own space. I clear the space. I set intentions. Yes. I invite those spirits that are connected to the people that are coming to me yes. uh, through the smudge because it, the smudge is an extension of your words, your prayers, your thoughts, right. your, what you feel in your heart. So I, I, I surround the space with love and only invite higher level energy yes. and invite the spirits of the people that are coming. I, I, I speak out loud and say, I want you to know I'm inviting you to be part of the session. I'm available. This is how you can best communicate to me. 
So I'm very clear to them. I'm very clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. I said, just make sure you talk very slowly and, and don't overwhelm me mm-hmm. uh, because I can't keep up with people who overwhelm me with a bunch of things one after All another. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, I know that if you're excited, just make sure that you, you, you keep it slow for me. Yes. I, yeah. I have to process and, and give it as accordingly. And then I meditate. So I work on raising my own energetic vibration. Mm-hmm. Even for a live show, I will do this. I, I'll, I'll meditate. Um, I'll do a series of visualized meditations, like visual exercises that I'll do to yeah. reawaken that ability to see within my own mind. Right. And then I pull uh, energy up through my chakras, my energy centers within my own mind and extend my aura. Mm-hmm. And then I, I wait for people to come. I meet them. Mm-hmm. And then they sit down. I explain my process. And, you know, and then I get into the session. Yeah. So that's my approach. That's, that's your approach. Yeah. That's my approach. Yeah. Does it always happen that way? No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes spirit has a different agenda. Yeah. You know, if you're meant to connect and it's meant to be and you know, they don't care about your, your meditation, your smudge. They're like, no, no, no. exactly. Nobody, yeah. We got a plan for you today at Costco and you're going to be talking to so-and-so and this is just how it's going to work. Yeah, that's actually where I was going to go. Like for me, I I really set, I also set my intentions and, and do that kind of meditative raising my vibration state um, and ask for, you know, I usually say one at a time, please, because otherwise sometimes I think I feel they all come in at once. Yeah. Um, but I have been very clear with spirit that I really only want to connect uh, in terms of like a client spirit or, you know, somebody else's that's not me, that's not connected to me, to their loved ones when I'm you know, when I'm open. So I, I really have set that boundary that just, just when I say so, please. Um, because otherwise, you know, I, I feel like I can become very overwhelmed with going out in public, like going to Costco and having a- everything come forward. But sometimes what one does kind of poke in, do you find that too? Sometimes very rare. Very this is rarely. Like yes. I always like tell spirit, you know, don't, don't put me in a situation where I, I mean, I don't want to go in and read everybody at Costco. So don't, right. don't even don't <laughs> even come to me if there's a, you know, with a bunch of people there. Yeah. I'm not available for that. I, I need, right. I have my own boundaries and I'm That's here right. to shop and uh, you know, but if things, and, but I have put out there, if, if something's really meant to be, then make it so apparent that I'm aware that it's happening and then right. I will allow that to take place. Yes. And, uh, and it's happened a few times, mostly at Costco, because that's pretty much the only place I go right. shopping. <laughs> okay. Uh, my, my wife does all the shopping at other stores. I do yeah. all the Costco You're the stuff. Costco guy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, the, to tell you a story, there's a guy named Danny Glover um, that I was at Costco. And the, the reason why I went to even Costco at this day was like everything just aligned because yeah. I had a cancellation. I was like, wow, got the morning off. And this is what way back when I was doing one-on-one sessions. Got the morning off. I'm going to go to Costco, pick up a few things. I got a reading like at two in the afternoon. So I'll be back in plenty of time for that. So it's like, say, 1030-ish. I go to Costco, do all my stuff. But you know what? I don't want to be here forever. I, mean, I don't want to pick up too much stuff. I need milk. I need eggs. Mm-hmm. I need some you know, bread and something like this. And and I'm not going to get in a cart today. Pretty much the only day I've ever not gotten a cart. <laughs> what were you thinking? It's Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't want to be here too long and buy too much stuff. I always say it's everything and more store because I always go in That's for right. everything and get more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I didn't get a cart. I pick up my things. I'm going through the cash register. And I noticed that I, you know, when I, I haven't eaten breakfast, I got to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. My stomach's growling. Uh, I'm getting. I'm going to get in the line for a hot dog and a pop. And uh, so I get in the line, and this fellow turns around and goes, "Oh my God, you're Sean Leonard!" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm Sean Leonard." 
and who who are you exactly? And he's there with two little kids, and he goes, well, my name is Dan, and uh, I said, have we met before? He goes, well, you tried to read me once. I'm like, what do you mean I tried to tried. read you once? <laughs> he goes, well, I was at a live show at the Halifax Forum with you many, many years ago, mm-hmm. uh, one of your first shows that you did in Halifax, and I went because a bunch of friends wanted me to go, and um, anyway, you walked up to me in in the audience and looked at me and said, "If my mom asked me if my mom was passed," and then you said, "Is there somebody named Mildred connected to you?" And you and and he said, "To be honest, you, I said no, but my mom is Mildred and she has passed. Mm-hmm. You scared the shit out of me." Yeah, he said, "You startled me so bad I didn't even know what to say." And you walked away and I never got to talk to you again. Mm-hmm. And he says, "I've regretted that day." Ever since that I was there, that I never actually said, "Yeah, my mom is Mildred, and she mm-hmm. is passed." And I'm like, "That's okay. I mean, if if people aren't ready, they're just not ready." Yeah. And I move on. Um, I don't take it personally. And uh, so, here we are at Costco. It's his mom's birthday. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, he was in Newfoundland. He just got back. He was in Newfoundland for uh, a, a brief uh, visit. Yeah. And he went to his mom's grave and he planted some new blue juniper trees on his mom's grave. Mm-hmm. And when he walked into Costco today, he said that there was people outside planting blue juniper trees. And I thought, that's kind of weird that I, mm-hmm. you know, I've never seen anybody planting any trees, let alone blue juniper trees. Yeah. And he says, now I'm running into you. He says, it's getting really weird today. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm sure your mama is just saying, you know, she's looking for a way to get your attention. She yes. knows that you're in Newfoundland and, yeah. you know, and I know that she loves you immensely and is looking for a unique way to, to grasp your attention to say that she was with you through that whole experience. Yes. And, uh, you know, the blue chinnipers aren't an accident, you know, us bumping into each other. I said, I'm not even supposed to be here today. So a whole lot of stuff had to happen to get me yes. to be here right beside yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, he, he tears up a bit and, and he, he grabs his food, grabs his kids and goes to sit down. And I grab my hot dog and my pop, uh, which I just filled up, and I realize I I have to sit down because I literally can't carry everything. I can't. I didn't bring a cart today. Right. Right? For whatever reason, that little voice in my head says, Sean, you don't need a cart today. Right. I'm like, okay, I won't have a cart today. And uh, so I'm looking around for a table, and there's like, you know, picnic table style seating at Costco. There's four people can sit at a spot. Every single table is full except his. Of course. Him and yeah. his two children. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm getting Okay, this. Mildred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go sit down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go sit down. I'm like, Dan, man, like, would you mind if I sat with you? And he goes, I, I was really kind of hoping that you would ask. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, this is, you know, all this stuff that is happening. I, I think I'm getting the message here. I need to give your mom some more time. Would you be available if I made a connection more deeper to your mom? He says, no, I would really like that. Okay. So I sit down and um, I put my hot dog aside and, and I said, listen, your mom tells me she died in an accident. Was And she showed me a fire and she said she wasn't alone. Um, I don't know who was with her, but it feels like a family member. Um, but she says that she tried to get up and get out of the house during the fire, but she collapsed from smoke inhalation. She says she didn't suffer, but she died from the smoke inhalation. And he started to cry. And he goes, oh, my God, my mom died in a fire in Newfoundland when I was young yeah. with his sister, with her sister. 
me and my dad went fishing for the weekend, and uh, my mom and, and my aunt, her sister, you know, were were going to have a little party while we were gone. So they decided to have a few drinks, and mm-hmm. you know they got a little intoxicated, and um, they decided they were going to cook some French fries. And then they had both had passed out. And I, from what I'm told, he said, uh, you know, the fireman had told my family that she never woke up, she never got out of bed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well. Uh, she showed me she collapsed in the living room because, but it was the smoke inhalation that got her. She didn't actually die from the flames. And he goes, well, I, I have to disagree with that part, but you know, you're right about everything else. It was an accident yeah. and all this. And so he cried and um, I'm start eating my hot dog and talk to his kids for a minute. And he says, okay, you, you, you can't say anymore because I don't think I can do this here. I'm like, that's fine. So he gets up to leave and his mom now puts her hand on my shoulder right here. I can feel her hand on me, yep. touching my shoulder. I'm like, okay, I have to tell you one other thing before you leave. And he's wearing a hoodie and a long sleeve shirt. I said, your mom really likes what you have right here. And he pulls down his hoodie and there's a tattoo of his mom there. Like a picture of his mom tattooed in his arm. She, she really wanted me to say she liked that. And he cried and he says, okay, you got to stop. I can't do this. And he leaves. Yeah. And um, and f- for the, the truth of it, I didn't really remember who he was. Uh, I, I, I tr- you know, because a few, yeah. some time went by. I was writing my first book, The Language of Spirit, which is no longer for sale anymore. I know, because I tried to purchase it and I can't find yeah. it anywhere. <laughs> well, it's been rewritten, uh, re-edited, rewritten oh. and with like 16 new chapters. And I'm going to show this to you. Yeah. But this is my new book, Spirit Talk. Yes. I just got. I just did the the review opening today. I haven't put it out on the internet just oh, yet. Oh, thank so you for sharing I got with our us. Box and I and I opened it, and uh, this is my new book. Uh, so by excited! Spirit Doctor by Hayhoe's Publishing. Yes, coming uh, out on eight eight August eighth. Yeah, August eighth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought what a cool date for that to come out and yeah. manifestation number. You know, abundance eight eight. That's right. And I didn't even pick it. They picked that for me. And uh, so, anyway, uh, you can pre-order that now on my website, sean-leonard.com. Yes. And I think that that story that I'm telling you about is in there, too. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, anyway, he left, and I remember I had a ghostwriter there named Rennie Hotleb who was helping me write the first book. Yeah. I had a different ghostwriter named Daniel McCory helping me with the second book, this newest book. And um, so she, I was sitting with her, and she goes, you got any of those Teresa Caputo moments? And this is like literally a week after I yeah. just saw this guy, Dan, at the Costco. I'm like, I tell her this story, and, and she goes, I love it. We should put it in the book. You need to reach out to him and see if we can get his permission. And I'm like, I have no idea who this man is. I just, I, I think his name might have been like, you know, Dan. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he had a couple of kids. And, and she goes, well, see if you can find him on Facebook. I'm like, I can like. 20 some thousand people on my Facebook like page. You think I'm going to find Dan? Yeah. And, and I don't even know if he's on my like page. Right. And so I, I just said, okay, creator, I mean, if, if he, you know, this is meant to be part of it, then you need to find a way to meet and reconnect him. Mm-hmm. I come home from my meeting and I turn on my computer and I, the first email that pops out is from Dan Glover. Okay. And he goes, Sean, I was just thinking about you. And I never got a chance to say thank you. But I also have to tell you something. I went back and talked to the firemen in Newfoundland, and you were right. They didn't tell us the truth back in the day. I talked to one of the firemen that was there. My mom did try to get out, and she did collapse, and she did die of smoke inhalation. And he goes, how do you know that? I'm like, I, I, I don't. I just, I just yeah. saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you know it or not is, is unimportant to me. I just have to say yeah. what, I'm, what I see and what I feel like this means. 
And he goes, you don't know how much you've changed my life. And, you know, and he says, you know, I've been telling everyone, and I could cry thinking about it, but mm -hmm. he says, I could, I've been telling everybody about this experience. And he says, you know, and uh, I said, funny that you should mention the story. And I just was putting out there that somehow you'd reach out to me. I mean, I have an idea, you know, maybe I'll write my version of the story. You write your version of the story. We'll give it to the ghostwriter. She'll write the story. And then you read it, and if you like it, I'll put it in the book. And she goes, I, wow. I he said, I, I would absolutely love that. So we did it, and That's it special. was like, uh, mm. I think I originally called it Connecting at Costco. I don't know what it's called now, if it's even in here. Um, a Chance Connection. I think that's what it's Love called. It. So, so it's, yeah, so this is exciting. But this is where spirit, like, yeah. even though, um, you know, I have boundaries, like I don't do this yeah. very often, but sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. And spirit has an agenda and yeah. you just have to kind of go with the flow. Yeah. But does that happen to me every time I go to Walmart or Shoppers Drug Mart or Canadian Tire or Home Depot? No, not at all. No. Yeah. But occasionally it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when things align and you can tell when spirits like aligning everything just right, mm -hmm. then I know it's like spirits guiding me and, yes. uh, and I, and I kind of go with the flow at that point. Yeah. And you trust and you do it. Yeah. I, I love this. I love the storytelling aspect of, you know, your communication and your teachings, um, and your writing. I cannot wait to read that book. I did notice on your website, it said that, uh, you're offering an exclusive two hour live training. Yeah. Um, yeah, you so if you pre-order the book yeah. before August 8th, yeah. if you go to my website, sean-leonard.com, on August 12th, between 8 and 10 uh, p.m. Atlantic Standard Time, I'm going to be doing a two-hour discussion and teaching about some of the stories in the book and some of the concepts that I teach in my course. Because I have an online course called Spirit Talker Tribe. Yes. And it's a year-long course that I teach, which is also uh, starting up for registration September 7th to 30th. But I'm going to be teaching a lot of the principles or some of the principles. I mean, two hours, very limited time. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be talking about the book mainly in the stories in the book. But I've done a lot of things in the book about, you know, how you can develop your, your clairvoyance, how you can develop some of your clairaudient abilities, clairsentience. What are they? How do they work? And, you know, helping people understand your aura, your, your right. um, you know, your chakras and things like that, even how to see your own aura. And I, I want people to understand their own spirit and because it's, it, it starts in here. Yes. It, it, ha it all starts with inside yourself and you're, you're, you're raising your spiritual energy. It's through your spiritual work, through your, your, your words, your prayerful words that you speak with the creator or your, your ancestors or your angels or your, your spiritual guides. And, and then the meditative space that you, you train your mind to kind of see again, because we've, we've been become dormant in our ability to kind of see. And if you don't, it's, it's an atrophied muscle that you need to work out, that you need to kind of exercise the ability to kind of see to visualize, to hold images in your mind. Because mm -hmm. if you learn to do that and work that muscle in your brain, you know, one day spirit will shove something in your brain visually. Instead of seeing with your eyes, I mean, and this is a misconception a lot of people don't even really know, we actually think our eyes see, and they don't. Yes. Your eyes don't really see. The eyes allow light into your mind or, your, or your, the visual cortex of your brain to see. Yeah. Your, the visual cortex of your brain is where sight is. Mm -hmm. But the, the coolest part, I mean, is, this is science that has been done, that when you hook your head up to a bunch of electrodes and you're looking at something, let's say you're looking at this candle, right? Right. Whether it's lit or not lit, that you can look at that candle and there's a certain part of your brain during around the visual cortex and other parts of the brain that are going to be illuminated yeah. because you're focusing on the light is allowing to your brain. 
But if you now close your eyes and remember and yeah. hold the image of the candle within your mind, guess what part of the brain is still lighting up? The same part. The same part, yeah. So your mind can see mm -hmm. without your eyes. Without your eyes, yeah. And spirit can communicate through that visual inner sight, through images, impressions, whether it be literal, figurative, or what it may have you, to help you to see, to experience, to understand, or to give uh, a message or a memory yeah. or something that will come through to validate something for someone else. Mm -hmm. And it's innate in us. And, uh, and I think it's important to learn how to rework these, these psychic muscles. And that's just an aspect of clairvoyance, but there's also aspects of clairaudience and mm -hmm. clairsentience that you can learn. And, uh, and in the book, I, I teach some of it. I mean, my course, I teach it very in depth. Yes. And, um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 it's a passion of mine. Yeah, I absolutely teaching. love because you know what, I, you know, teaching or and that's why people write books. I'm tr I'm going to tell you, you never nobody gets rich writing books. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's more about sharing what you know. Yes, and I have a passion to share what I know. Not, I mean, I could I know all this for myself, and I could be doing sessions, readings, live shows, but it's important for me to, to look at the world and see where we've been disconnected, where mm -hmm. religion maybe has played a role in our disconnection from our spirit and our belief and taking our cultures away, whoever you may be and such, whether indigenous or non-indigenous, but you know, we're all psychic and whether it's fear or worry, anxiety, stress, or disbelief, or even thinking that you can't do it, you know, that those are all limiting beliefs that people have that yes. I, that I'm going to strip away and help you know that you're as equal you know, in, in the creator's eyes, there's no better than or less than. It's all, we're all equal. We're all mm -hmm. the, the same children of the same creator, whether right. it's a masculine, feminine energy or the sun or universal energy that you define as the creator. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's all the right. same thing anyway. Yeah. Um, but we're not separate from it. We're part of it. And the more that we become connected to it, remember who you are and engage with it uh, and, and have it communicate to you, it'll shift your life. Totally. And this, this, yeah. this fear, the separation, the anxiety, the, the dogma that you've been taught will just dissipate. Away. Yeah. And I, you walk through life lighter. Absolutely. Full of, full of you know, more heart filled and, and embracing, you know, everybody in, 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 yeah. in a good way as opposed to in a fear base or, or skeptical or. Absolutely. And, and skeptics are just people that, are, you know, that have not experienced it. Yes. And, yes. and I see people, um, you know, skeptical of like many things, but it's just because yeah. they don't really know. Yeah. And, uh, but try, if you don't try, you'll never you'll shift never your know. perspective, but you, you have to give yourself a chance to see things up in a different, in a different way. Yes. If you don't do the work and you don't try, you'll never know. So yes. it'd be like living your whole life indoors with no windows. And somebody tells you the sky's blue because right. I've been outside. Right. right. I've looked up. I mean, it's blue to me anyway. It's kind of foggy today, but. Right. And that would be like <laughs> incredulous to the person right. inside. That's like never somebody could yes. say, this is silly. My walls are white and there's yeah. green on the yeah. side. And like, you're, 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 this is ridiculous. Yes. Well, have you ever gone outside and looked? No. Right. Well, yeah. maybe give it a go. <laughs> give it a try. Give and it a then try. you never know what, how your perspective may change in life and how it may shift your perceptions of what reality is. Mm. And um, what greater gift to give for me, not just healing, but my understanding or my knowledge, my wisdom to others so that, you know, in order for the world to change their perspective, I have to share it. Yeah. So, and I've, in the book, whether it's Spirit Talker, 
um, you know, or or through the the course uh, Spirit Talker Tribe. Um, those are those are good ways that I feel that I I can share mm-hmm. this and get yeah. it out there and to That's people who have a very a, like a deep thirst desire to wanting to know more and go deeper. Yeah it will reach those people. It's beautiful. And I love that you incorporate stories, you know, experiences that you've had with spirit and with people, um, as well as those tips and, you know, the how to's, I think that's so important. Um, and really it's just about trying, right? It's just about stories. Teaching with stories. Yeah. This is on my list. So I'm glad you're bringing this up. The teaching with stories is, is fundamentally a primary way that indigenous knowledge has been passed down forever. That's right. I mean, their stories have been, uh, you know, exaggerated <laughs> and yeah. changed. Yeah. But you know, the elders that teach the stories and pass them down from generation to generation, you know, it's like a big fish story. Eventually, that fish gets really big. But it's still the the, the premise <laughs> of what the, the the story is telling you is still there. It's still there. Uh, now, for me, I mean, I, I'm not I'm passing it down, and, and I'm not exaggerating my stories. These are true stories. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, this is how I learn through my experiences. Yes. And I share my experiences. And if and I know if there's a concept that I can tell you a story that would help you understand that concept, then that's that's where I go. I always revert back to this story, that story, or these different stories to help people understand, um, you know, a, a specific concept in a certain way. And I think people would generally get it better that way. Yeah, I agree. I, I learn best that way, too. And I actually find my connection to spirit, like they will often show me you know, like metaphors, symbols, things like that, because that's the way I best learn. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that's the way that I work as well. So I love that we have this connection. And that's really the pillar of my, of of this podcast is storytelling. Um, So yeah, I love this with you. I want to end with this talk. You also have an Oracle deck coming out. So this is your first one. Uh, It's my first Oracle card deck. Yes. It's uh, called Wisdom of the Elders. It's also my website for pre-sale. I yep. have not uh, gotten a package of it yet. Um, I mean, I just got the book literally just the other day. Yeah. So um, the, the Wisdom of the Oracle uh, card deck comes out in, I think, September. Or no, actually, October. Uh, yeah, I've got October 24th. I got it that is, off October of 24th. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. October 24th. So it comes out in a little bit, but you can pre-order it now. And there's going to be, if you pre-order it, just keep your receipt or keep your receipt number because there's going to be a bonus for that too. Um, prior, after that comes out, because anybody that pre-orders the de- uh, the card deck as well, I'm going to be doing probably like an hour and a half live reading session utilizing the deck. The okay. I'm going to do like mediumship, of course, uh, and, and having spirit communicate to me for people in the live session. But I'm going to utilize the cards to give messages as well to see how you can, you know, combine the two. Yeah. Because a lot of the messages that are in the, in the card deck, uh, a lot of indigenous teachings, but there's there's different messages uh, in these teachings that can can help people understand a certain aspect of life that they need to focus on right. or a place that they need to kind of work on and particularly. So the cards may help you with that. Way back when, when I started to do sessions when I started to do readings, yeah. I was like, I, I was never that confident at the beginning, let's say 26, 27 years ago. I'm 51 now, but when I, I'd always like um, start, I used to, back then I used to use a, um, I don't even think I have it here. Yeah, it's over there. I still have my same deck of cards right. and uh, I never use it anymore, but I kept it. It was a Doran Virtue Oracle card deck yeah. that I kept back then. And I would always draw like three cards before anybody came and I wrote down what the cards were. And then when I did my sessions, uh, I would connect to spirit, but then I would incorporate 
the messages in the cards of what, how, you know, you could guide people in a specific way in life and, uh, and incorporate in my readings. And it was very effective. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, as time went on, um, I didn't, I didn't use the cards anymore because I was, I was so much, uh, in connection to spirit. My, my abilities had grown yes. and my understanding of those abilities have grown, um, that I never, never utilize them anymore. I just trusted spirit. Yes. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's not good to do that. I just right. feel like it's, you know, I want to show people that are stepping into this maybe for the first time yes. or wanting to grow or develop because initially that's what I did. I yeah. would use cards and do mediumship and it would be the combination of two that would allow me to develop and grow even further. Yeah, I'm smiling when I was talking because that's when I was talking about the prep work or the things that I would do before a session before that I no longer do. That's what I did is yeah. I would pull cards and I'd make notes and, and I'd also like set my intention to connect to this person's spirit people and then take notes about what I was feeling ahead of time. And it was really just so I felt confident going into the session that I had this and I was already in the flow and I could start. Um, and now I just feel like I can kind of do that without needing the cards, but cards are right. so fun. But and they're I love good to cards. get the ball rolling, especially yes. if you're nervous and you're not sure where to start or where to go from. Because what, what, what I say with, when you work with spirit, it's like, it's like little breadcrumbs, you know, you, once you get moving into the reading, cause it's, you don't know everything. It's like revealed to you a little piece out Absolutely. of the time. Yeah. And it, it's just, so the cards may get that aspect where it leads to you focusing on some other aspect or another little piece of the breadcrumb may come visually and you're like, oh, okay. So, and you tie the two together and it's just, you know, it's really just getting the ball rolling and stepping into it and trusting. And then, you know, when, she, when spirit sees you in that flow, Spirit goes, okay, now we'll, we'll now continue. We'll it's like, sometimes it's too much. It's like, oh my God, they're like, you guys got to slow down. I mean, I can't, I, I'm not even <laughs> done talking to this. They show me two or three other different things. You just give me some time. Yeah. And then, so yeah. even people who are doing such, will see me talking to them. Like, come on, slow down. I can't, I haven't even gotten here yet. Yes. And uh, uh, but, I love uh, that. I'm excited for these, these cards. Have you always wanted to create your own deck? How did that come about? I did. You know, it's the strange thing. Um, I always thought about it. Yeah. And I and, and Hay House is my publisher, Hay House Publishing, yeah. and I've always wanted to be published by Hay House. And uh, I when I originally published my first book, The Language of Spirit, that is no longer available for sale, I did it through a sister company called Balboa Press. Yes. Which was uh, a sister company, a self-publishing self, self uh, oh, okay. uh, sister company of Hay House. Uh, but when I started the TV show Spirit Talker, it wasn't even out there yet. I just did a pilot. I, we and uh, the the local producer um, Telltale Productions said, you know, where should we go for the pilot? I said, well, I, I was supposed to be going to Listigwish, Quebec, on the New Brunswick, Quebec border, to do uh, a show there very soon. Why don't we just shoot the pilot there? And they said, perfect. So we went there, and um, during the, the the pilot episode that nobody will ever see because it's a pilot, that this is what they were going to present to APTN to say this is what the show would kind of look like. Yes. And then AB10 would make the decision about whether or not the show would be picked up based on the pilot. So we filmed it in Listowish, Quebec. And I read a lady in the audience named Tracy Metallic. And uh, Tracy, which I didn't know at the time, I mean, her uncle came through and he was a photographer and he was a fisherman and, you know, some messages had come through and she stood up and then he, and then he started telling me that she was an artist. And I said, so Tracy, do you do some, some type of photography or art? She goes, I'm a Mi'kmaq artist. 
I'm like, no way. So we did a personal session after and, and, uh, cause I always do like a, there was in the beginning, there was like a live format audience yes. and then the producers would pick a few people from the live show and go, okay, we're going to do one-on-ones with these people. And so she was her and her, her aunt or her sister were, were chosen to be, uh, featured on the one-on-ones. So on the one-on-ones, I connected more to the uncle and some more things come through. But after the show, she showed me some of her art. I was like, oh, my God, Tracy, this is, like, beautiful. Your art is beautiful. I absolutely love this art. And, you, and I said to her, I said, listen, one day I would like to do an Oracle card deck. I don't know how it's going to happen, but one day I would like to do one. Would you think about being the artist for my deck if, uh, if, if I got a chance to do one in the future? Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, oh, I'd absolutely love that. And then, you know, after uh, Hales picked me up, like, um, which is a weird thing in itself, I, I never was searching a publishing deal. I just self-published because I, I didn't even have an agent, for God's sakes. Yeah. Uh, I just put out a book and, and actually Hales found me. Uh, I got the tour with John Holland. I did two events with him. And, he, you know, he, incredible man, great medium and teacher himself. And, and anyway, he never forgot our time together. Um, in the two sessions we did, we did one in Moncton and in Halifax, uh, two events together. And he was down and we still chat. I just messaged him the other day because his, unfortunately his, his little puppers passed away. Mm-hmm. His heart, his heart and soul, I'd say, because he was so connected to his little fur mm-hmm. family. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, but he was in Hayhoe's headquarters walking by an office and he just overheard a conversation as he walked by the door when somebody goes, we need to get more indigenous authors. And he backed up because, what did you just say? <laughs> he goes, yeah, we were looking to pick up a couple more indigenous authors. Do you know any? He goes, you not heard of Sean Leonard? Nope. You got to look him up. And so anyway, he started talking to them about his experience with me. And then they looked me up and I get a phone call from Hayhouse. He goes, hey, this is uh, uh, Anna Cooperberg. I'm an editor with Hayhouse. Would you like to join us on a Zoom session? So I did a Zoom session, and then she goes, I want to do another one with you, but I want to do it with the vice president of Hayos. I'm like, okay, I would love that. So we did it. Mm-hmm. They said, Sean, we're going to make you an offer. Uh, we would like to publish a new book by you. Um, you know, They asked me some of the ideas of things that I'd like to write about. Mm-hmm. And she said, would you be interested in doing an Oracle card deck too? I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. That's on my bucket list too. Oh. One day. And, uh, That's and, it, and it, it, you know what? It's just, it was a little seed that I planted a long time ago. You know, I yeah. didn't know how it was going to unfold or how it was all going to come together. But when you're on your path of life, yes. you know, everything comes to you. Yeah. The, the universe, the creator, your guides, everybody's conspiring to, at the right time, of course, because to it, it took many years. Let's say it took five years or four years, five years for this all to come together. But it has. Yeah. I had no plan. I just said, well, I'd hope to do one. I called Tracy back up and said, Tracy, would you still be interested? She goes, absolutely. Oh, so uh, we did it. And then I had another, uh, because she's an artist, she's not a graphic artist. And a lot of the things had to be graphically put on cards and placed and, and things added and things like this. I had to call another indigenous graphic artist named Aaron Gugu, uh, who is a local Mi'kmaq guy from, from, um, um, 
Innybrook First Nation. Really? Uh, okay. Awesome. Uh, First Nation. Yes. And, uh, and I asked him if he would help uh, with, and, and he said, yeah, I'd absolutely love to. So Amazing. between me, mostly Tracy Metallic, because she's the primary artist, yes. and then Aaron doing his magic and adding a few things here and there. It uh, now there's an amazing deck coming out in October 24th. I and can't wait. I can't wait for people to see it and have it and and you know see the, uh, the amazing art and uh, and and the messages that come with it in regards to indigenous culture, teaching and helping just be better in life. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I can't wait. I am definitely going to pre-order that as soon as we get off of this call. Um, and it's lovely that you're supporting local artists and all that. And the seed planting, I was thinking about, you know, this interview, like this is a seed that I planted many years ago. One day I'm going to interview Sean Leonard. And one day I would really love to meet you in person. Um, Absolutely. I well, you said you're coming it. back to Nova Scotia. So I'm just coming back me... to Nova Scotia for good. Keep Next. me in the loop. Keep I will me in the keep loop. you in the loop. And uh, definitely I would love to meet you for coffee or something like that. And, love and, that. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, um, anybody that's out there thinking about, you know, I'm not that unattainable. Trust me. I'm pretty attainable. <laughs> if, if I feel that, you know, like you, Amy, that there's a genuine person that is doing good work out in the world and serving people, I'll make myself available. Yeah. Um, I'll find a way. I'll make a way. I'll make time in my, my busy schedule. So um, you have that energy, Amy, and uh, and I appreciate you and appreciate the work you're doing and how you're serving so people. Much. So thank you for the work you're doing and continue to keep I up the good work you're doing and, and your growth and development and helping other people learn about that as well. And, and I know that you're on your path and, and I'm just grateful that, you know, our paths just crossed in this moment, oh. but I'm sure they'll, they'll cross again. I'm sure they will. Yeah, manifest. Who knows? Maybe one day I will be up on that stage with you. That's the you next manifestation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, and, yeah. and authorship. And I love that you talked about self-publishing is that I am currently writing something that I'm hoping is self-published. Uh, will be. Words matter. Will be self-published in the future. So, yeah, I love this. I just, I, this is a really good ending point, but I really quickly want to talk about um, culture and how you reconnected back to this beautiful Indigenous part of you so i've read your story i know that your mom is from newfoundland right yeah, yeah. so yeah. so how I, I just recently through my ancestry found out that i have some newfoundland roots there too so that's cool oh. um yeah how did you reconnect back to the culture was it through your work like is that how yeah. is that well, how it all came about i went to school in shubenacadie which is okay. called shubenacadie now but um you know i was i always i grew up uh, going through uh, junior high and high school uh, at a school where a lot of First Nation people were, which are Mi'kmaq First Nation people. And, and there was, a, it was, I would say the school was probably very mixed. East Camps, but, is that where we're Yeah, East Camps, yeah, yeah. 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 Between uh, Mi'kmaq people uh, and other people of different yeah. cultures. And, and I mean, I'm not full Mi'kmaq, but my grandmom is full Mi'kmaq. And mm -hmm. uh, somewhere I fit in the middle of all that. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't learn about my culture, but I was still proud of who I was. I, yeah. I, I, I would say I looked in high school, looked a lot more like an Indian back then with my long hair and all that. But, yeah. but I, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I never really started to connect to my culture until I started developing as a spirit talker. Yeah. My grandmom, yeah. who's Mi'kmaq, had no memory of her language, no memory of culture. Uh, grew up in Newfoundland. Uh, according to Joey Smallwood, the premier of Newfoundland, there was not even indigenous people in Newfoundland. Wow. And uh, it wasn't until 1987 that uh, the chief of uh, Mabugak, uh, Con River First Nation, had did a, um, a fast and walked to St. John's all as a group to be recognized. And they were given 
recognition by Canada as being a First Nations community. And, um, but, you know, my grandmom, um, you know, it, it was, kind of, I mean, there was a lot of like negative thoughts around being Indigenous. So she never really um, publicly identified. I mean, she obviously looked Mi'kma, but nobody looked at her differently. Mm -hmm. You know, she was married to my grandfather, who was very Caucasian. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it, you know, she'd always say, "You know, Sean, you're you're you know, you're Mi'kma, right?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah." I mean, but it doesn't. She didn't know anything more than that. Right. Yeah. And um, and it was an experience that I had with a spirit mm -hmm. that. I was on McNabb's Island. I was at that point starting to really delve into wanting to understand the difference of levels of energy, yes. higher level energy, people that move on into the light and people that are earthbound, uh, which is very rare, but there's, there's some here and there mm -hmm. earthbound spirits. And I can, I went over to McNabb's Island because it's an old fort in the middle of Halifax. And mm -hmm. I heard there was a few spirits lingering around. So I wanted to go check it out. Um, so I went out there and I connected to these few, these two fellows that seemed to be like soldiers that were earthbound and such. But during that experience, a big ball of light came down from the ceiling. I used to have this on film. Unfortunately, my ex-wife deleted all my files on my computer because she was a little bit, but that's a different story. <laughs> Another uh, episode. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for the days of our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, there was this big ball of light that came down behind me. And you could see it on film, about this big. And I got pushed really hard. And he said something to me in Mi'kmaq. I knew some Mi'kmaq, but not very much. It could have been to the extent of M. Sitnogama. I'm not 100% sure, mm -hmm. but I feel like that's what he said. And then um, we were in a tunnel underneath the ground. And then I... I started to smell this overwhelming smell of burning sweet grass and sage and cedar and even tobacco. It was just overwhelming. That, and I could feel the, the spirit move through the room in a clockwise motion. And no, nobody has lit anything. We were down there. There were seven of us. And everybody right. started to cover their mouth and go, oh, my God, who lit something up? What is that smell? Oh, my God. It's like overwhelming. But I knew it as smudge smoke. Yes. And then the two spirits that I was trying to kind of connect to that were earthbound, gone. This, this I'm going to say elder yeah. from uh, a higher level of spirit realm yes. uh, or an ancestor came up, said something to me in Big Mom, and then pushed me really hard again and then right through the ceiling. I was like, what the hell just happened? Whoa. And... I wasn't really incorporating any of who I am as an indigenous person into any of my work at that point. Yes. And I said, he just smudged the room. I know what smudging is, but I don't practice it. Right. Yeah. Smudging has power. Spirit world just show me smudging has power. Mm -hmm. I need to learn about this. I'm being guided to learn about this by spirit, by an indigenous elder and ancestor. So I prayed. I said, creator, I lit some smudge that I haven't used in forever, I, I lit some smudge, I wafted some smoke up, and I said, you know, creator, my ancestors, my guides, I said that the ancestor that taught me uh, the importance of smudging, send me someone. Send me someone that's going to help me learn about remembering who I am as an indigenous person. Send me someone who's going to teach me about my culture. And within a week and a half, an elder showed up at my front door. You're kidding. And he goes, excuse me, I heard you're Sean Leonard. Somebody told me I needed to come see you. I'm like, oh, really? She goes, yeah. And it was a lady named Kathy Martin, who was a, 
a local filmmaker and I read her at a live event. And this is the weird thing because I, mean, I was doing a, a, a VTOS charity event for uh, children and families to be reunited. And, uh, and anyway, I read this lady and I, and I didn't know she was Mi'kmaq, but I just read her and connected. And I said, so they're telling me that there's about four people murdered in, in, in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. And, there's, and do you know a story of this? And she goes, I heard about the story yesterday. So they're saying somebody named Joe. She goes, Joe's the one who told me the story. I'm like, so is Joe connected to these people? And she, she goes, yes, it, it was his yeah. people. And I said, tell Joe if he wants to know where his four uh, murdered ancestors are, I can probably tell him. And that was it. Moved on. And then Kathy goes and tells Joe. And then Joe shows up in my house, who is an elder, and goes, I heard you are Sean Leonard. I'd like to come in. I heard you have some desire to learn about culture. Wow. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how the hell did you even know who I am? She goes, well, you read somebody and he didn't tell me he was the Joe from, I didn't even remember. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until later he goes, he, wow. he then asked me about where his, his great grand, his grandparents and his great aunt and uncle were. And so I did end up going down. There were some cadaver dogs and, and locating a spot. And uh, he did a ceremony there for them. And it was the spot in the very close area where it was uh, witnessed like 80 years ago right. that they had been. And uh, I had two separate dogs indicate on a specific spot where now a tree grows that was about 70 years old. And so um, I know it's a spot. Yeah. Um, wow. and, um, and it was what I saw at the thing and, and, yeah. and all that. It was at that moment. It was spirit. Yeah. It said, Sean, it's, it's time. time to remember time. who you are. Yeah. That that's what I'm experiencing now. And I'm waiting for that person to come in for me because right. th the same, you know, my grandfather, my father's father, um, actually went to the Shibanakadi um, residential school, was there with his siblings. And so um, my dad didn't really grow up knowing anything about the culture because my grandfather was he traumatized, obviously, and didn't speak much about it. And it wasn't, it's, it's not until now when I'm doing this work and I've connected to my paternal grandfather that I've, you know, been picking up on and he's helping me with this, but I, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to put that out there and ask. Put it out there. I'm going right? to put it out if there. If you don't ask spirit, you'll, you never you'll know never. what's possible. So yes. I asked and somebody had come and, you know, it was, it was a great gift to me to, yeah. because I, my grandmom lost all of her culture, her language. Mm -hmm. Even when I started to learn more about Mi'kmaq, I went back to visit my grandma before she passed and I would speak some Mi'kmaq with her and, and she didn't even know what I was saying. Yeah. And it was so sad, sad. because, um, you know, yeah. that she couldn't remember. Yeah. Uh, but I shared what I knew with her because it was, t you know, it was stripped from her because of the time and the period and all this. It, yeah. It's actually wasn't in residential school. She, yeah. she married very young and escaped all that, she escaped uh, which is, was normal for, for some people. Yeah. But um, when I became more engulfed in learning about my culture, who I am as a Mi'kmaq person, I realized how spiritually enriched and connected the Mi'kmaq people yes. have always been. Yeah. And uh, through the different ceremonies, I don't teach ceremonies or anything like that. That's for elders. Yes. But I incorporate the wisdom, the knowledge, the teachings that I have in the work I do mm -hmm. and how I approach things in, in a good way mm -hmm. uh, with kindness, compassion, love, and uh, wholeheartedness. And, uh, you know, I work with spirit to, um, to help people to help learn, others. to grow, and hopefully yeah. heal a few hearts. Yeah.
Yeah, definitely heart-centered. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't tell you how much this means to me, honestly. Just to be in your energy and connect to you this way is uh, honestly a dream come true. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. I mean, it's thank you're you. you're you're part of my dream of uh, being able to get out there and share this. So thank you yeah. too. Thank you so much. Okay, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much, Sean. Yes, thank you, Lalali. I'm sitting Milgram. Thank you for joining me for another episode here of the Intuitive Rising podcast. If you would like to continue the chats and join the community, please join us over on Facebook and search for the Intuitive Rising community. All are welcome. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating. If you'd like to connect with me directly, please visit my website at theintuitiverising.com.